0: This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield.
1: Hello and welcome to the latest podcast from the Blood Red channel with myself, Matt Addison. The Under-21 European Championships begin again on Monday. It's the knockout stages now with the groups having been played in the last international break. And we're going to have a look through all of the big contenders, assessing which players you should be watching out for, and which ones could be of interest to Michael Edwards and Liverpool as possible transfer targets. Alongside me to do just that is Leeds Live's Leeds United reporter, Joe Donahue, who's been on the podcast a couple of times in the past. Joe, you also write for Scouted Football, a website that looks into giving people the lowdown, really, on the next generation of talents coming through. And I suppose then the under-21 Euros must be an ideal opportunity for yourself to, to do a bit of scouting.
0: Yeah, it's kind of our, our bread and butter, essentially. Um, everybody's getting excited about the the Euros this summer, but um, it's it's the under twenty one Euros that I've kind of been keeping a keeping an eye on as well, um, because there was the, there was the group stage which took place at the end of March, uh, and then the knockout round is now taking place um, in in the next week or so. Um, so it's um, yeah, it's a good opportunity to sort of. To get the jump on on quite a few players who obviously will be playing international football for their countries um, in in the year in the years to come, and and potentially some in the months to come, as there'll be there'll be some crossover from the squads who are at the under twenty one Euros in the group stage, um, who'll now be making the uh, the senior squads at this summer's Euros.
1: Yeah, as I say, we're going to go through. Pretty much all of the teams. We're going to pick out a few different players from each of them. I'm sure Liverpool fans will want us to discuss. Ibrahima Kanate will come to him very shortly. Obviously, we expect he'll be playing for for France. Obviously, injuries might get in the way of that. But other than that, you'd expect him to to be involved. But uh, as you say, we're into the knockout stages. We're up to the quarterfinals now. Croatia taking on Spain. Portugal versus Italy. Denmark against Germany and Holland against France. England obviously got knocked out in the group stages. We'll get to that very shortly, but just quickly in terms of the eight teams remaining, would
0: you say France are probably the the favorites at this stage? Uh, i think probably ju- they probably are just edging it yeah in terms of the depth that they have in their squad um you know the i think you, you said in your notes that the, you know this squad could challenge for 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 the european championships you know proper and not not the under 21s version um and I, and I i think that's a fair assessment really it, it's absolutely stacked with with talent um stacked with experience as well um, lots of liga um experience in there among those players so it's it's no surprise to see them, see them get through the group but um, I'd say Portugal are in with a good shout as well um, they've equally got a very strong squad um, they've had a few who've moved up to the, the senior squad I think um, Porte uh, Pedro Gonçalves who's, who's having a very good season with, with sporting in Portugal I think he's been called up to the senior squad um, so he won't be in there um, but nevertheless, they've still got a, a fantastic crop of players. Um, and I suppose it, you know, on the England discussion, it kind of comes down to, you know, well, France and, and Portugal obviously got through, but but England didn't. And I'd say England's squad was of a similar sort of ilk to those to those two teams. So it's a, you know, it, 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 there was a there was a post mortem afterwards. I think uh, of why that that group stage um, campaign was was unsuccessful. Yeah,
1: let's let's have a little chat now before we get into the teams who are still in it. Let's have a, a chat about England. They obviously came bottom of their group. They were in there with Portugal and Croatia. Switzerland finished above them as well. I mean, as you say, when you've got that many players in that team that you'd expect them to probably challenge, certainly to get through the group, to, to not just not get through, but to, to not even finish third. I mean, they were bottom of that group. Why do you think that happened? How, how has that happened with this team?
0: I think it's very easy to point fingers but you know there's, there there's been sort of a, an institutional issue with the England under 21 set for for quite a quite a little while now and and while I don't think that AD Boothroyd's necessarily a bad manager I just think that there was there was perhaps better options for, for the job to to sort of get the best out of the, you know what what has been a very very talented crop of players um there, there was a feeling that when England went forward obviously they had this plethora of of, of attacking options but it kind of felt as though there wasn't a, a cohesive plan. You know, there were players running down blind alleys. Though it, it just wasn't very joined up. And um, in the qualifying campaigns where England were sort of relying on getting loads and loads of chances, having loads of the ball, and then Eddie and Ketia poking one or two in, um, because that's exactly what he's good at, um, they, they, they weren't getting those those opportunities in the, the actual tournament proper. So um, it... it, it yeah, it, it changed I think with the, the final game against Croatia which which England obviously gave a better account of themselves but ultimately the damage was done in the first two games in the defeats to Switzerland and Portugal um, and then Domagoj uh, Doma bradaric I think it was scored a, a great goal in the final minutes of that last game against Croatia and that condemned England to, to elimination. Yeah, in terms of
1: Liverpool players in the England squad I mean there was only Curtis Jones involved obviously Ryan Brewster was there as well who's one that Liverpool fans will be familiar with but He only started once, Curtis Jones. I think that was the third and final game. That sort of seems a little bit strange to me. Would you agree that maybe he should have played given, you know, sort of his performances for Liverpool this season? You look at one or two of the players in that squad, they're probably not, on paper at least, better suited than him.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think that's a completely fair assessment. I think um, Curtis Jones is, is is one of the most talented players, you know, naturally talented players in that squad. Um, it was it was evident when he and Ebereze, obviously at Crystal Palace, um, when he when they both started in the um, in in the final game that there was just there was more impetus, there was more oomph from midfield. Um, and this isn't a, a slight on on players like Oli Skip because I think he's a fantastic defensive midfielder, but um, you know there there seemed to be a lot of. Uh the the setup against Switzerland, the setup against Portugal was rather reserved. Um and I think a player like Curtis Jones starting in one of those games, you know, a lot of the time these under 21 tournaments they do rely on that that ability from a from a from an immensely talented player to just unlock the game. Um and, and Curtis Jones, I think, is one of those players. And it was a little bit puzzling to see why he he wasn't trusted uh in, in the middle, um, but just to just to, to have a real go at things. Um, so, yeah, it was, I, th- I think Curtis Jones could probably feel a little bit sort of aggrieved um, that, that he didn't play a, a, a more um, influential part in, in that campaign. Yeah, definitely. Let's go on to some of the teams who are still in
1: the tournament. Then we'll start with France, who, as we said before, I think could probably challenge in the senior Euros, such as the depth in their squad. They've got so many good players that we could go through. But uh, I think it makes sense to start with Ibrahim Khanate. Obviously, we expect possibly even by the time that people are listening to this podcast that a €40 million move To Liverpool could have been confirmed and completed. It's pretty much over the line as we're speaking now, but uh, in terms of him, how excited do you think Liverpool fans should be? To me, he just seems
0: like an absolutely perfect player for, for what Liverpool need. Well, I mean, he's, he's a centre half for starters, and you know, for, for Liverpool fans over the past nine months or so, that's a you know somebody who can function uh, in that position is 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 a natural and has has you know a wealth of experience at the top level of German football. I think you know rightly so. Liverpool supporters should be excited. I think you know there's there's always been lots made about uh, Dio Upamecano, who's also at uh, Red Bull Leipzig, uh, RB Leipzig, sorry, um, uh, alongside Ibrahima Konate, and you know there's obviously Liverpool saw what Ozan Kabak had to. to to offer. Um, he was at Schalke, obviously, and would probably be returning there. Um, with with Konate, I'm. I, I, I've always been quite high on him. It's just that I think the past few seasons I haven't seen a lot of him, purely because he's had a few a few issues with with injuries and whatnot. And obviously, that's not what what Liverpool fans want to hear. But um, I think as a as a as a as a talented player you know he is he's somebody who in future you you can see uh, representing france um at a senior level um and while the 21 setup is an embarrassment of riches you know it's it goes to show that these 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 high profile players are not viewing the oh well I'm I'm above the 21s that sort of thing um so i think it'll be good to see him um in in this in in the knockout rounds um won't be easy because the netherlands were They've got they've got their own they've got their own um, players for, for France to worry about. But um, in terms of what what Liverpool are getting, you know, I think he's he's a good ball carrier, he's a good ball progressor, um, and just his defensive fundamentals are there. I think sometimes people have seen maybe a few a few nicks to, to Parmacano's game uh, and and so in in Champions League fixtures, and you've kind of gone, mm, is 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 the hype is a hype necessary? Whereas with Konate, I think you know he's he's you're probably. There'll probably be fewer nine out of ten performances, but there'll also be fewer four out of ten performances, and then I think you might get with a Palmecano. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it, I think I'd, what I'd compare it to is that you know when Arsenal went for for William Saliba at Nice uh, at um, at etienne and, um, and and Leicester ended up going for Wesley Fofana. I think there's probably uh, while other teams may go for a Palmecano and the more I don't know fashionable. Signing, um, then I think Liverpool have gone with and 35 million as well uh, is what we're talking. You know, um, I think that's quite a quite a shrewd quite a shrewd deal for a defender who could, you know, for six seven years be at the top of his game. I think in terms of the injuries, it's important to point out
1: as well. It's been sort of long-term injuries. They've been impact injuries. They've been sort of six, seven months injured rather than lots of little injuries, which we've seen with Joel Matip. It's a case of every other game. He's got some small knock that means he can't play. It's it's not quite the same in, in terms of those injuries. And I'm sure Liverpool will have done their research in terms of that. I'm sure the medical was extremely um, thorough to try and work out if there was you know, any sort of long-term worries for them. But I suppose it, it just goes back to, to Liverpool doing things slightly differently, doesn't it? I suppose with one or two other of the players that we're going to talk through on this list as well, it's it's possible that Liverpool could move for these players because, as you say, they've not gone for the obvious one at Leipzig. They've gone for one that probably a lot of people weren't talking about, possibly because he's not played much, but probably also because he's not quite got the hype of, of Upamecano, who was alongside him.
0: Yeah, I think with these under-21 tournaments, the devil's in the detail. Uh, And I think a lot of the time you can find really good deals, not even in the France's and the Spain's and the Italy's, but in sort of the Denmark's. And and Denmark are my sort of dark horse for this tournament. Um, They they beat France in the group stage uh, back in March. They were really, really efficient, really effective. Um, They really nullified you know all the attacking talent that France have, uh, and then they took their opportunity really well. Um, but yeah, the, the for example, you know the 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 Denmark's in this in this tournament. Um, even even Croatia, you know, there'll be there'll be players in there who you know teams will perhaps might overlook, but realistically would be a better fit than somebody who's more fashionable, more expensive. Um, but yeah, I think it's you know. When when you see that the, the, I don't know clubs going, but especially big clubs going down a, a very well trodden path, they're all going after the same player, but the the teams have different styles of play. You you think, well, why is why, why is that the case? You know, that surely there is a, a player who's maybe less high profile, but is better suited to the way that you want to play football. So, I mean, w- usually with, with Liverpool, you you kind of trust the signings that they're going to make because obviously Michael Edwards knows the alignment um, between. Um, you know Jurgen Klopp between his, his coaching staff, between the recruitment staff, it, it's, it appears very joined up. Whereas you don't get that at every club, um, so you could you can imagine that obviously it's a it's a well thought out t- sort of move um, with 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 the future in mind essentially, not not as a not as a quick fix. I think um, which might be the the easy assumption to to jump to. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
1: In terms of Upamecano, he will be at the under 21 euros. With uh, with Canarte, Jules Kunde was another one who was. One that possibly Liverpool did look at, certainly speculation around him. Very, very highly rated. Manchester City were after him 12 months ago. He's not in the under 21 Euros because he's stepped up to the seniors. So we'll move on to to the midfield as well. I think Eduardo Camavinga, we've done a a whole podcast on him a few weeks ago. Really, really exciting player. Somebody who I'd certainly like Liverpool to to look at in terms of possibly replacing Gini Wan-Alderman, a slightly Mm. different type of player, but certainly considerably younger, still very experienced and Husemauer as well is always one that is sort of linked with Arsenal, Liverpool, Manchester City. In Kamavinga and Awa, you've got
0: two really talented players there. Yeah, absolutely. they I mean, for an under-21 tournament, I've used the term embarrassment of riches before, but it's kind of I'm tempted to to go with it again for the midfield because you know the the options that, that France have in, in the middle. Uh, Matteo Genduzzi, who's who's the captain, I mean, he's missing out of the, the 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 knockout stage because I think he's injured. Um, but you know even even players like that you know the p- perhaps the, the the less sexy ones the less you know the, the names which are, are you know they're, they're not immediately sort of lighted making your eyes light up you know they're, they're very very efficient operators um and they've got they've got a great wealth of options there um with who sama it's 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 interesting that he's named in there because you know he's he's somebody who's been sort of in and around the the senior setup for a while, but he, again, he's another one where you know the the twenty ones is probably at this moment in time the best chance he's going to get of playing international football because of the the options that Didier Deschamps has at uh, at the top level. So um, I think it'll be interesting to see because there were games in the in the group stage, that, particularly that Denmark game where. Front, uh, particularly Kamavinga. In fact, um, the, the, in in that Denmark game, Nicholas Nati, who's who's uh, the Danish defensive midfielder, he um, he is he was on loan at SV Sandhausen in the Swiss Bundesliga, so the the German equivalent of the championship this season from Stuttgart, um, and he had a really excellent game. He really did a number on Kamavinga um, from from the first minute. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how how he does um, if he if he continues in that midfield because it, they Sylvain Ripoll who's the France under 21 coach um he did mix it up after that Denmark defeat um in, in midfield and changed the changed the, the the elements in his midfield equation if you for for one of a better phrase because um it because it didn't work against Denmark but it did work against against Russia against Iceland so it'll be interesting to see i think the, the tactical battle against uh, the Netherlands will be quite good um because there'll be there'll be some good players on either side
1: and just to, to finish off with France, then we've done defence, we've done midfield, we should probably do the attack as well. odson Edward at Celtic is another one that's been linked with Liverpool at times, linked with Arsenal as well, I think around sort of 30 million that he would be sort of uh, valued at. But uh, again, it, it, it's another good player for a lot of countries, he'd be in the senior side.
0: Yeah, and and again, you know, there's there's players like Moussa Dembélé, um, who, who's obviously at um, at Leon uh, at Atletico Madrid now, isn't he? Um, who was you know in and around the milling around the, the under twenty one setup for a lot longer than a lot of people thought. I think it's a very similar case with with Od- Edouard um Karin Benzema coming back into the senior squad is probably the worst bit of news that he probably got but um he uh he he he's a he's a fantastic player at linking play I think a lot of people mis, misconstrue him as perhaps just being a uh, a player who can he's, he's very much a traditional number nine but he's a lot more than that he can play in the channels he loves coming off the sort of off the left-hand side and then into the center of the pitch um but for me the attacker that that I'd really be keeping an eye out for is uh, Amin Gwiri, um, who's been at Nice this season. Um, he typically plays a sort of a, a left forward. He's, he's not quite a winger. He's not quite a centre forward, not at senior football anyway, although he has extensive experience of that at, at youth football. Um, but he's, um, yeah, he's a, he's a very, 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 very good operator um, in, in these spaces. Um, and he's, yeah, he's somebody who had a very good season with Nice in a very, Tepid Nice team, I think they finished mid-table. Um, but he, I think he got around 12 goals and about seven assists, or all the other way around. Um, I know he had sort of roughly around 15 to 20 goal involvements. And you know, this was coming off the back of um, some some serious injuries um, that he'd had. Uh, and yeah, he's um, he, he's he's one who I think if they if he can get the link up with Odson Edwards, then that is something which you have to be looking at and thinking. Well, if they if they strike gold with this, then France have to be in with a shout I think.
1: If they are going to be in for a shout, they're going to have to come up against the Netherlands. And we've mentioned them a couple of times. We might as well move on to to them next. I mean, in terms of the names, again, in that team, you you look at some of those players. And again, you could say it for France. You could probably say it for the Netherlands. There's players in there that you just wouldn't expect to be playing for the under-21s. You'd expect certainly Sven Botman and and Per Schurz at the back, particularly with Van Dijk missing out for the seniors. You might have expected one or two of those players to to step up and, and replace him maybe.
0: Yeah, I mean Sven Botman obviously Liverpool fans will know a lot about him due to the links um that, that have sort of arisen since his time at, at well at, at Ajax but on loan at Heronveen and then and then with with Lille this season. Um Schürz, though is is one who was you know he was a he was a picture of consistency throughout the group stage, you know, everything you'd come to expect from an AFC Ajax center back, you know, confident on the ball, um had good range, good recovery speed, um his anticipation was good. Um, he, he was the right-sided of, of the of the centre-back pairing in in the the Netherlands group matches, um, and he was very good with the ball, very good in terms of his distribution, um, but also at term, in terms of reading the danger. Well, um, you know, against I, even in games against Romania and Hungary in that in that group stage, where the Netherlands kind of dominated the ball and the centre halves were expected to push up and and maybe try and find those more searching passes. Um, you know, he was he, he never seemed rushed. He, he didn't sort of try and fire passes into areas which were perhaps a little bit inefficient um you know he was you know shears was 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 very assured uh, at the back um he was uh you, you know he, whenever whenever that moves broke down the the his his dutch teammates they could turn and they knew he'd be there he'd be he'd be offering um as as, a, as an option and if they couldn't get down the sides, so um yeah i think he's a very very cool operator um very very, very assured uh, in in his defensive work, and um, yeah, I think it, the, the France will have the work cut out because he is a, he's, he's he's a developing sort of top level defender. I think he's um, he'll be one who's definitely earmarked for, uh, for for the Dutch Dutch setup in future. In midfield, uh, Toon Koopminers, and hopefully I've pronounced
1: that correctly. He's one that's been linked with Liverpool as well. Lots of goals this season. Obviously, Liverpool looking for a Alden replacement. Kind of a similar sort of age, I think, to when Alden moved to England. Obviously, Alden was a goal-scoring midfielder back then as well. So there are some similarities. He's moved up to the senior squad for the Euro, so he won't be playing in the in the, the knockout stages of, of this competition. But I just wanted to, to ask you about him as well. I mean, 17 goals, 7 assists this season from midfield. Playing for AZ Alkmaar as well, which is a team which is very much data-driven. All of the the sort of similarities to Liverpool, obviously, not as, as big a club or, or with as, as much money to, to spend and that sort of thing. But there are sort of similarities that you can draw there. He looks like a, a really interesting player to me as well.
0: Yeah I mean Kurt Miners is um, a a lot the big caveat is that a lot of his goals do come from the penalty spot but he's a very good penalty taker so I mean you don't want to take that away from anybody if they're good at something Um, but he is um, yeah he's a he's more of a sort of a a six slash eight I think Um, he's he he, what he'll do especially with the Netherlands uh, the 21s he would sort of he'd be the 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 next port of call you know if if very similar to how Pursuers would be sort of uh, when players would turn around and they'd need a, a, an, an out ball, but backwards, Pursuers would be there. Um, whenever the, uh, the, the the attackers would need that, then Coatminers would be there. He'd support by pushing into sort of the, the, the lateral spaces, very similar to how Jordan Henderson does, actually, um, and dropping into sort of the fullback role uh the fullback position when the fullbacks push on um and he was very adept at that i i, I thought you know there, there were times when you kind of wanted a little bit more you were left wanting you were left sort of desiring a little bit more from him um but when it came to sort of uh, the, the 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 switching passes um and the 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 defined the, just picking locks kind of finding just that little ball in between lines into the feet of somebody like cody hakpo or noah long um he was able to do it um and I mean, there's been a lot of interest in him. I think a few Italian clubs are interested in Coke Miners. Uh, I've, I've seen Bayern Munich's name, even Leeds have been linked. But I think it's you know very tentative on that on that side of things. Um, he's he's definitely a player who um, will not be staying at AZ Moffat f- forever. Um, he will move on at some point. Um, whether that's to be one Alden replacement, I'm not entirely sold on. But um, he's he, he's certainly a player that that could play. Champions League football um, at at a maybe not this coming year but perhaps in in future depending on what his next move is from, from RZ Yeah he's certainly at the right age I think he's maybe
1: 23 just about mm. um, so yeah certainly ready I think for for the next step in his career but uh, yeah is there anybody else in that Holland squad that, that sort of stands out to you that we've not spoken about there I mean there's uh, a few sort of household names almost in terms of, of the attackers that that people will know but is there anybody maybe slightly more left field that you've got your eye on
0: um well there's a goalkeeper kiel Sherpin, um who has been has been linked with a move i think he's been heavily linked with a move to brighton this summer um he he's look it looks like he will complete a 5 million million pound deal there uh, and he was quite good in the um in the group stage as well um uh, which kind of caught me a little bit by surprise because you know i hadn't really seen an awful lot of him at ajax um but he was um he was very very good with his distribution very very secure um uh, and, and and as well you know he he made important saves at big moments which i think is one of the best things you can have in a goalkeeper at a major tournament you know we remember sort of guillermo ochoa at the 2014 world cup you know Kelo navas you know those performances which which essentially in a few matches defined the career you know got themselves a major move um he was in 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 terms of sort of like ball progression he was he was quite he was quite good um in terms of just clipping out to the wide areas to the fullbacks um but i mean i think you, you, your goalkeeping fundamentals he was um he was pretty solid uh, now that i've said that he'll go and probably have a howler against the french but um yeah he's uh, he's one sort of if if brighton were looking to sort of give robert sanchez a bit of um a, a bit of competition next season then i can see why they did go and they'd go and make that move
1: yeah, certainly Brighton, another club that look
0: at data and
1: and all of that sort of thing. I'm sure you know they'll be taking a keen eye at this tournament.
0: The blood red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
1: We're going to go through Germany, Spain, Portugal, and Italy before we finish. I think we'll start with Germany. There's again a, a couple of players in there that people will know. Yusufa Mukoku at 16. I mean, he's one that we've kind of heard about since he was about 13. I mean, he's he's one of those that's really come through and, and made a name for himself obviously at Borussia Dortmund. He's possibly one that you might expect in this tournament to to take
0: a, another step forward perhaps. Uh potentially I think he'll if Lucas Lucas and is still in the squad, I think he'll probably start ahead of Mukoku um in 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 that that central striking role for for Germany um because he he did he did well enough in the in the group stage. Um David Raum is another one, um at, at left back who's essentially a left wing back. Um he signs for Hoffenheim on a on a on a free transfer this summer from Greuther Um he's a fantastic crosser of the ball. Gets loads of assists there, but um with with Mac, with, with Makuku. Um, he's, yeah, I mean, he's, he's something like 130 goals in 80 games for uh, Dortmund's under-19 side and, and under-17 sides. Some ridiculous record uh, and obviously, you know, showed his, his ability when he moved up to the first team. Um, I'm always quite cautious to to not overhype players, especially when they're they're of, of, of such a young age. Um, but I think the fact that he's been named in uh, an under-21 squad um, kind of is a reflection of, of how highly highly he's rated um i don't expect him to to get a great deal of time on the pitch especially you know given how tournament football can be but um yeah i think it's um it's it's a reflection of just you know how how, how much potential he does have um that he's been already been sort of named around the these these squads Yeah, certainly with goal-scoring
1: numbers like that, it's hard, I think, for for these players not to get get hyped up. I know Charlie McNeil is one at Manchester United now who, again, has got ridiculous numbers at youth level, I'm sure. We're going to hear a lot about him and Makoko is very, very similar. I mean, there's a couple more players I wanted to to pick out as well. Ridler Baku um, at Wolfsburg is is one, obviously. They had a brilliant season as a a collective. They finished fourth, Oliver Glasner taking them there. He's now gone to, to Eintracht Frankfurt. I mean, That looks like a a team that that could possibly be picked apart And, and Baku, possibly one of the standouts in that team as well.
0: Yeah, he's he's an interesting one because he's quite a versatile player. Uh is Baku. He's um he he's played as a right back, he's played as a right midfielder, he's played as a right winger. Um he kind of played as a, a hybrid of the latter two in the in the Germany's group stage at the under 21 Euros back in March. Um but he's he, he's good at pop, popping up and getting a few goals. Um you know that he's going to be able to work back and and track because he's got that that defensive experience in his armory. Um but he's um yeah, I, I, I like I like his I like his work rate. Um, I think he's uh, I think he's a, he's a he's a player that is in this Germany team, which isn't by by any means the strongest Germany under twenty one group that there has been for for a long time. Um, I think there have been stronger ones when they made the final in two thousand nineteen. Um, but he's he's one of the, the first names on this team sheet, and I think he got two or three goals in the group stage. So, wouldn't be surprised to see him um, play a play a major role if Germany ended up sort of getting um, getting past uh, Denmark in the next next round. But um, that's a different task altogether, because you know Denmark already beaten France. So, yeah, I've already said they're my dark horses. Um, so, um, I've, I've kind of got a little bit a little bit of hope pinned on 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 them that they might uh, surprise Baku in Germany. Yes, yeah, certainly
1: one to watch out for. i try and catch as, as many of these games. They're all, I think, on Sky Sports in the mm-hmm. UK for anybody listening and, and wanting to, to view these matches. And Spain is another team that I want to, to keep an eye on as well as, again, a few players in there that, that people will know. Martin Zubimendi, though, a uh, Real Sociedad player, has come through and obviously worked with Xabi Alonso uh, with their B team, stepped up now, I think, to, to their senior team and is another one to, to watch out for. I think... There's a few players at Sociedad that I would be keeping an eye on, but he is certainly one of those.
0: Yeah, I think the, the 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 message with Zubimendi is just he's a he's he's a complete L'Areal player. You know, he's coming through the 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 youth academy there, where they don't have. You know, I think it's something like they don't have that their, their, their youngest team is is under 13s or something. You know, they kind of pride themselves on you know very much enjoying football before it gets to that stage where it has to be um, too serious or, or or you know Uber. Um, you know, uh, whatever another word for series is i have gone blank, unfortunately. Um but uh, the the with with uh Zubimendi, he's um yeah, he's he's very secure. He's very good on the ball as you'd expect from working under somebody like Xabi Alonso, um a lot playing along some somebody like Mikel Marino, who was unfortunate to miss out on the senior Spain squad and um, for the Euros this summer. Um and I think he's just he's just a, a very classy player, um, for especially for an under twenty one tournament. Um, he's he's just a, a very enjoyable player to watch. He's it, it, very similar to, to players where you say, if you watch the, the game, you miss Zubimendi, but if you watch Zubimendi, you see the entirety of the game. You know, it, everything will, will sort of funnel through him. His security at the base of the midfield will, will allow players like Gonzalo Villa to to maybe support the attacks a little bit more. And I think that's necessary for Spain because I think apart from Javi Puado uh and well Ab- Ab- Abel Ruiz is in this squad as well, but he's not i have i've always had reservations about his top level ability Uh javi Poado um scored a few goals in the group stage for for spain, but they definitely do need help from midfield so having that security knowing that the 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 number eights can push on um, because they've got zubi Mendy in in tow behind is um is will will definitely be useful.
1: Brahim Diaz as well is one that I wanted to, to pick out he was uh, at Manchester City as a younger player now AC Milan is he one of those that City might look back and, and regret there's been maybe one or two particularly wingers when you think of, of Jaden Sancho as well I mean it's very difficult to get into the Manchester City team obviously yeah. at
0: senior level that's why he moved on but he is still a very very good player. Yeah, he's a he's a very talented player. I think that's the, the the key message with with Diaz. I think he left Man City because he wanted first team football very much, similar to to Jadon Sancho, and he got that opportunity elsewhere. Um, he's been sort of in and about the team at AC Milan, um, and there's, I, I truth be told, I haven't seen an awful lot. I think when the last time I did see him, it was kind of a you know very fleeting sort of substitute appearances, and it was like well. Would you have had more time on the pitch at Man City or here Real Madrid? You know that sort of thing. Um, it's it's one. It's it's an unquestionable. It's um, it's it's a difficult question. But um, yeah, I think for a, if he gets the time on the pitch, especially in the knockouts, I think the tie against Croatia um, is is definitely one which you you can unleash a player like that and you can say you know what, go and play with a bit of freedom. Um, go and go and show that you've got the 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 that that game changing ability that you that you perhaps wouldn't get the opportunity to show at senior level, um, but you can at under twenty one because you've got a lot of domestic based players from Croatia in that squad. So perhaps not playing at the highest level regularly, um, that maybe a player who's played in Serie a, La Liga can exploit. Um, and yeah, Brian Diaz is going to be at the top of that list uh, in terms of the players who are capable of doing something like that. But um, it's about it's it's about it's not about one individual. It's about the the, the whole team. Um, and yeah, it'll be. I think that'll be it will be an interesting game. I'd still peg Sp- the the Spanish to be favourites, though.
1: Yeah, Spain always a, a team to to watch at the under twenty one euros. They always seem to have a lot of players who then step up. I think the first ever under twenty one euros that I watched was the one that Thiago Alcantara was top scorer. I think in that certainly was player of the tournament played as a number 10 in that and obviously he's a very different player now. But yeah, I mean, is there anybody else that you'd pick out from that Spanish squad that you might sort of look to in the future maybe to to step up?
0: Um, I think Juan Miranda at left-back. He's um, he's quite a good operator uh, on that left hand side, but also Mark Kukurea, who is um, similar to to Baku in a sense that he can play as a left winger and a left midfielder and a left back. You know, he's been at Hatafe for the past few seasons, um, and he's been under working under Jose Bordelas. You know, a very specific, very aggressive role. You know, he's high pressing, but he's also creative. Um, and I do like Kukurea. You know, he's he's unmistakable because he's got really long, curly, dark hair. Um, very uh, very very distinguishable on the pitch but i think him and miranda on that left hand side um they 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 are both you know interesting players um miranda's very he's he's uh, erratic's probably the wrong word to, to describe kukureya when he's going forward but miranda's less erratic he's uh, he's a lot more i feel like he's a better dribbler coming inside whereas kukureya might be better going outside um but yeah those two uh, on that left side uh, if if they're if they're both sort of on the same wavelength then You know, there's 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 trouble afoot for for the opposition. Yeah, nice little balance there. One inside,
1: one outside. Yeah, (laughs) might might work quite nicely there.
0: The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
1: Let's move on to to Portugal then. We've already mentioned him, Pedro Gonçalves. Hopefully, I pronounced that again Mm -hmm. correctly. One of those that I always read and wonder if I've uh, said it correctly in my head or not. But uh, he is again one of those rumoured to be. Of interest to, to Liverpool, he's not in the under twenty one squad
0: because he stepped up, and that's absolutely deserved after a, a brilliant season for him. Yeah, I think he's got something around the twenty goal mark for for Sporting this season, and they they won their first Liga Nos, uh, well, Primera Division, Primera Liga title for around twenty years. I think it is. I think the last time they won it was two thousand one, two thousand two. So um, this it's no surprise that he's made the step up and is sort of making up the forwards in in. Um, Fernando Santos's um, senior Portugal squad, um, but I think if the the thing with 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 and everybody struggles with his name, I struggle. So I, like I always go with his nickname Pote instead, P O T E, which uh, he wears on the back of his shirt. Because I remember the first time watching him, I was like, I swear I saw Pedro Gonçalves on the team sheet, and I was like. Yeah. Ah, uh, by, by sort of deducing that he such and such was this one, that that one that Pote was was his name. But um, he's um, the the thing that I think with him is you know I wonder where he'd play because he kind of plays at, at Liverpool. That is, I think there's he kind of plays in between that not quite a striker, not quite a false nine, but also not quite in a, a traditional number ten attacking midfielder. Um, he's yeah, he's, he's he's not somebody who's going to sort of sit on the shoulder of the last man um, and. I, I do think well could he play a Firmino type role it's it, it's not my I think you know his, his, his pressing might have to uh, be upped a little bit if that was the case but um in terms of you, you know you can't argue with his goals return he's clearly doing something right i haven't done any sort of background into what that is but um i think there's there's definitely um, scope to say that you know he's he's a player who deserves to be in a senior international setup and players like that tend to in, attract interest from from the top clubs and and obviously liverpool's one of them there's been lots
1: of sort of comparisons between him and Bruno Fernandes. Do you think there's anything actually in that? Or do you think it's just they play in a similar position? They're both <laughs> Portuguese, they both play for Sporting and they both score loads
0: of goals. Uh, I think you've probably hit the nail on the head there. I think obviously they, they play in a similar position, they obviously score a lot of goals. They're, they're obviously very influential on their respective sides. But I think it's very easy to make the next Bruno Fernandes assumption um, when there are definitely differences to, to their games. In terms of the other
1: players who are in the, the Portuguese squad, I mean, Rafa, Leowen and, and Vitinha as well. Vitinha was one that maybe I expected a little bit more. He was on loan from Porto at Wolves this season, obviously. Not the only Portuguese link at Wolves, far from it. But I think he only played 19 times in the Premier League. Most of that was off the bench, maybe for, for five or ten minutes at the end. He, he didn't quite step up, but... I think we saw probably just enough to see that there is a player there. Maybe he didn't quite fit the, the physicality of the Premier League, but certainly there's a couple of,
0: of good players in that Portugal squad and, and he's one of them. Yeah, Vitinha was my... I mean, the, the, truth be told, the group stage of the t- under-21 Euros was, was a tournament that was lacking in overall quality, I think. Um, but in terms of midfielders, you can sort of dictate the tempo uh it wasn't it was it was kind of well stocked in that sense and Vitinha was was kind of one of the reasons for that you know he was you know as far as patience and and positioning goes in the middle you know Vitinha I don't think was matched during those those three group games um you know there was there was a number of occasions where you know he tried to assist your teammates with um with a floated ball over the top or or, and 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 um and and you know deep crosses and that sort of thing and it was it wasn't until the third match game um, the third match day that he they that he pulled it off but it was a you know a, a, the breakdown of a corner uh, he he gets the ball on sort of the edge of the area and then whips one in for Diego Kiros um who's whose head's in at the far post and it was nothing less than he deserved. Um, you know, they they dominated the ball. Um, they they had to break teams down. They especially in that first game against Croatia, they had to break him down uh, break them down. And Vitinha's ability was key to that um because he kept the moves ticking over. He didn't hold on to the ball for unnecessarily long periods. Um, but he waited for the the opportune moment to to really pick out the the pass. And I think that shows maturity. And I, I hope that he has a bigger role at Wolves next season because you know, clearly the inf- the Portuguese infrastructure is there. That you know, he's not going to feel like a fish out of water. But the 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 option, you know, he's he's a I'd say he's a very very adept number eight, um, who especially at under twenty one level at, at this Euros. Um, and if Portugal do go all the way, then he will be a a, a big part of that, n- n- no less, just because of the, the the group stage, but because I think he'll he'll play a major role in the knockouts as well.
1: Let's move on to the final team that we're going to pick out then. I know we've not gone through Croatia or Denmark, your dark horses, but we will go through Italy. I think it's more likely that the six teams that we've picked out would be of interest to to Liverpool, certainly. Mm -hmm. So uh, in terms of of Italy, Sandro Tonali is one that has always been linked with Liverpool. Didn't have the best group stages by all accounts. He's been left out this time has he been left out because he didn't have a good start to the tournament is that the reason or, or is he going to be the senior squad for for italy
0: i mean i need to check the senior squads the, the the squad list uh, for certainty but um i i mean i, I remember watching that the first game that uh, that italy played at the under 21 euros this year and tonali was he was obviously in the game but he didn't he didn't you know stroll through it like he was the player that was a 40 million addition at ac milan you know he was very much a you know, an equal part of that of that game. You know, you you wouldn't have said, you wouldn't have picked him out and said, right, he's your forty million man right there. Um, and then he got sent off uh, towards the end, and it was a really needless sending off. Um, it was, uh, yeah, it was a completely unnecessary thing to do uh, in in the corner of the pitch. You know, Italy were already, I think it was, I think I, I, they, they were, I think they were drawn at that point. Um, but they, they he, he definitely just didn't need to do it. He was then obviously suspended for the. Um, for for the next two group games um and I think as a result if I think if it was a straight red and you might have to correct me on that then he's obviously going to be out of of the the quarter final so picking him probably wouldn't have made much sense um I think he just needs to get back to regular football essentially uh and I mean there are there are there are options in this in this Italy team that so that they can survive without him um and they can they can so paolo nicolato who's the under 21 coach he can set them up in a way which doesn't rely on having that um that that deep lying distributing midfielder um which i think sometimes is maybe not not the best use of resources in this italy team given that they're att- given their the, the players in their attack like gianluca scamacca and players like that
1: yeah, I was going to pick him out as well, obviously, at, at Genoa, uh, Scamac. I had a really good season by all accounts. I can't, to be honest, say that I've seen him play before, but he's one of those names that you're starting to, to hear about. I think we always get it with these under 21 euros. There's always one or two players that s- the sort of start to, to get whispers of they're having good seasons, they could have a good tournament. And then he he could just be one of those that that kicks on. Do you think he's one to to pick out? And, and would there be anybody
0: else in that attack that you think is is worth watching as well? Um, yeah, the attack. Um, I mean, Skamaka for for starters is is an incredibly imposing um, striker, but he's very mobile for you know great touch for a big lad sort of thing. Um, you know, he's around six foot three, um, very strong. looks looks very striking on the pitch. You know, you can't miss him. Um, and he's he's got his very very good finisher. Uh, there was a goal that he scored for Genoa uh must have been like a few months ago now um where he he, he I think he scored twice in, in in this game but the the first one he got was you know he, he took it on on the ter- on the half turn just outside the edge of the area and just you know runs forward a little bit with it and then just lashes one in. Keeps the shot hard but keeps it low and he's got that in his locker. Um the story that I always come back with with Skamacca is that the under 20 World Cup Uh, In 2019, he had a disallowed goal, a goal disallowed in the hundred and something minute of of extra time in the semi-final, uh, which was him taking the ball sort of on his chest and then doing sort of an overhead bicycle kick. And it was just incredible show of athleticism for a player of of his stature, um, which then was obviously ruled out. And that was just a complete travesty, but the correct decision, unfortunately. Um, Him, uh, I think, uh, Raspadori, who's the complete... You know, he's the inverse. He's the complete opposite. He's very, he's very uh, diminutive. He's flighty. He's quick. Um, he, I think is, uh, I think he's been named in the senior squad or the preliminary senior squad. I'm not sure. Um, but if he's also been named in the under 21 squad, it, I, you know, it's 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 anyone's guess which one he'll be in. Um, but he's he's a, he's a one to watch as well at Sassuolo. Um, and there was uh, Andrea Pinamonti, who is another striking. Um, you know, very tall. Um mobile centre forward uh, who he plays he plays for inter but um he he had to miss the uh the the group stage because of uh, covid cases in in the squad um so he, him being involved in in the uh in the uh, the knockout uh, squad for for Italy is is something which I'm 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 looking forward to because t- him and Scamacca had a had a good partnership at the under twenty World Cup a few years ago. So wondering if that uh, can can continue at under twenty one level in 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 the game against Portugal. Yeah, it certainly
1: should be a good matchup that. Two very, very good teams and two teams that could possibly go all the way. But uh, yeah, there's no Liverpool players in the tournament. Certainly, Liverpool will be keeping an eye on it and certainly we will over at Blood Red too. I mean, in terms of recruitment, we've gone through a lot of players there there's a lot more to, to keep an eye on as well I always like looking at, at these young players and sort of seeing who could be the next one to, to step up as I said before Tiago Alcantara was one that I picked out at two euros probably about what 10 years ago would it have been now when that, he was that's the best one isn't it <laughs> yeah that that was that I mean to be fair that was a, a really obvious one to pick out he was unbelievable in that but uh, yeah Ibrahima Canati as well another story as certainly as as Liverpool will uh, hopefully have concluded a deal for him before that happens. There's loads of of players to watch out for. I mean, I know that you think France are probably the the favourites to win it, Denmark a dark horse. In terms of a player to watch, just to to finish on that, who would your one player to watch from this knockout stage
0: be? Oh, put me on the spot here. Um, It's very, very interesting uh, because I would have said Jules Koundé um, the the French centre back obviously not the French centre back you want to hear but because he's just such an excellent reader of the play but also you know his dribbles up the pitch just phenomenal for a player of his position um, but I think mm. if if I had to pick out one player I'd probably I, w- I would have said Cody Hakpo for the Netherlands but he's been named in the senior squad uh, for the for the Euros um, but I'd probably say that um, I'd go with Scamaca because if Italy get through against Portugal then i think it's a large it's a key reason because he's done well um if they don't then it'll be a, a failing of the team collective um and re, a, you know a reflection of how well coached portugal are because they they appear to be um so yeah i'll, I'll go with kamaka um and not just because he's on the front cover of the scouted football handbook but but um he's uh, he he's, he's a player which you can definitely attach yourself to like a you know he's he's very just a very striking presence uh, and and yeah, if he scores, you can uh, you can guarantee there'll be some big celebrations. Yeah, I suppose it
1: it largely depends,
0: of course, on who gets through, doesn't it? Because yeah, for, for
1: each of these teams, it, it could only be one game, and and that could be it. But uh, yeah, I think that's just about all we've got time for. Thanks, thanks a lot, obviously, for yourself, Joe, for for jumping on. In terms of tipping for the tournament players, we've gone through the lots. There's not really any final questions, but thank you very much for for jumping on with me.
0: No, thank you very much for having me on. It's always a pleasure to to come and chat on Blood Red. Um, But yeah, cheers for inviting me. No problem at all, mate. Some brilliant insight as ever,
1: whether it's Leeds, whether it's young players, we know we can uh, always turn to you for that. But uh, yeah, just before we go, make sure, of course, to sign up to the Blood Red newsletter in the link in the description. Some exciting news about that coming next week. So make sure you are signed up for that in time. Obviously, Leave comments of who you're looking forward to to sort of watching in this tournament as well in the YouTube comments box below. And if you're listening as a podcast, make sure you do leave us a review. Those are always appreciated. All of the usual things, but of course, until next time, it's goodbye for now.
0: You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.